Welcome to the Gauteng Wholesale and Retail Seater Leadership Chairs podcast. Hosted at the University of Johannesburg's Department of Marketing Management, we have conversations with wholesalers, retailers, and industry experts from South Africa and around the world. We also speak with renowned researchers so that we can provide you with information that promotes excellence and advances the retail industry. Good day to our listeners. I am your host and the leadership chair for the wholesale and retail Sita Gauteng, hosted at the University of Johannesburg. My name is Dr. Beate Stiedemulder and joining me today is my team member, Mahlatsi. Hello, everyone. Our topic today is building the digital backbone of business South Africa, retail for SMEs. And our guest in studio is Keke Mabizela. She is currently the digital media manager at Vodacom Enterprise Business Unit and will soon join the team at Momentum Metropolitan Holdings. She is a Johannesburg-born, bred and buttered multilingual communications professional with a hybrid approach to marketing-based practice. Certified in integrated organizational communication, digital marketing research and strategy, online marketing platform implementation, SEO and project management, she does not believe in marketing just for the sake of marketing. Her experience in the online marketing channel spans across ICT, textiles, financial services, hospitality, retail and logistics, SMBs, cloud computing and cybersecurity, as well as the newer capabilities coming out of IoT, machine learning, and VR and AR for B2C and B2B audiences. When she's not focused on corporate marketing KPIs, she lends time to the facilitation and thought leadership skills training spaces to share insights, advancements, and professional tips for personal branding and marketing for organizations alike. A very warm welcome to you, Keke. My goodness, that makes me sound like an actual serious human being. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here. That's fantastic. So, um, Keke, to provide us some background for our listeners, tell us why are you passionate about retail for SMEs? I think just to start off with, for me, big business, they'll always figure a way out. They'll always rise and fall. The stats are there, the sort of, you know, forecasting. And when we look at like global trends, what's happening with big business, corporates will generally always figure it out. So my passion point has always been SMEs because one, you know, there isn't a set mandate for SMEs. There isn't a set um, way about going things. It's almost usually a very autonomous and a very lonely journey when you start out. And also then what does it mean where you don't know what you don't know? So you don't know what is that, you know, how far you've gone, what you can do, what you can't do, what are regulations, what is, you know, almost legal or not legal. So as an SME, how do we then possibly empower them? Also because we're being told by, you know, um, national and international standards that SMEs are the backbones of the nations and the economies that they operate in. Mm. Absolutely. Now, there's obviously a very big drive for, for entrepreneurship and for growing um, small to medium enterprises. And, you know, it's interesting because with small to medium enterprises, they don't have, you know, when you start out with a business, you don't have the money to, to pay a lawyer necessarily to get the best legal advice. You don't necessarily have the money to get the best marketing specialist to consult you. You know, it really is a huge school of learning. And I think the more we can share to empower SMEs with some accessible knowledge, um, the better. So tell me, what does the anatomy of an SME look like? And does this have disparities in different geolocals? 
Absolutely, I think so. Where an SME, fine, we're saying it's a small business, you're either operating as a sole trader, or you're operating with a team of less than 10. So that is what we've then very clinically defined an SME as. But also then an SME that is operating within a more urban area within the northern suburbs of Johannesburg definitely doesn't look like an SME operating more on the outskirts or in the more rural provinces that we have, let's say, in the context of South Africa, or an SME that's working out of a township. So definitely huge differences there on something as simple as the access to connectivity. So as an SME owner or as a team that's working in that space, do you guys even have smartphones? Do those smartphones have Wi-Fi connectivity? On those smartphones, do you particularly have apps that can be able to enable you to do invoicing or can set up appointments? Or do you have teams to be able to do some virtual meetings with a prospective customer? These two differences are huge and can actually set or break the establishment or the growth of an SME. Mm, absolutely. Do you think um, there's a need for, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of money being made available to help SMEs, but why don't we see the success? <laughs> why don't we see the success? <laughs> I think just even on that where I love the the structure of incubators and, you know, hubs that can be able to give knowledge and give grants and assistance to SMEs in that way. But again, it goes back to you don't know what you don't know as an SME owner, also depending on how far out you are. So some of these hubs happen to be in the urban areas, in yeah. the metropolitans. So if I am in, let's say, the Eastern Cape, and I am an SME owner, and I have fantastic talent, and I have possibly an audience and a market that obviously is already procuring my product or my service, but the incubation hub happens to be in Johannesburg. Do I know about it, one? But two, how do I get to it? So the knowledge gap is also something that needs to be fulfilled um, for SME owners. And also then, I think a huge part is the administrative foundation where you're an SME, great, you're operating, you're working, but you're not even a registered business. And once the incubation hub is telling you that an entry point or prerequisites for entry is to be a registered business, so have a K number with the CIPC, or then be able to be operating for 12 months and have bank statements to show it. Many SMEs are cash-based. Township SMEs are very cash-based. They don't have a bank account because there's that sort of element and almost a distrust to the system to say, I can't have them, you know, keeping my money. I want to see it here. I want to show it. And also maybe I need the money because many SMEs are operating as a hand-to-mouth element where I am selling stuff and then from the sales that I make, I have to buy more stock. So there isn't space for me to possibly have it sitting in the bank accruing interest or maybe then kind of looking forward to 18 months from now and having a forecast and a roadmap for growth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think what would be a solution for this. And something that just comes to mind is that one needs some sort of affordable platform to serve basic education for SMEs. It's something that you can, you know, I'm thinking, for example, an app where, which is obviously not very data heavy, but something that just explains some of the basic principles. 100%. Um, it's just knowledge needs to be a lot more um, accessible. And I think it needs to also displayed in a way that makes it easy to learn and fun to learn. 100%. <laughs> so SMEs are often, you know, entrepreneurs especially are people that want to jump in and do, you know, they don't necessarily want to sit behind the books. They'd rather um, learn as they go kind of thing. So obviously what you've spoken about is that businesses in our less formalized environments are very, very cash-based and not very digitized. I mean, there's obviously a huge security risk in this um, because you're sitting with a lot of cash, you know, you only have to have one robbery and your business can basically go bankrupt. 
what are your thoughts there? What you know? What what can these people do that are so cash based? Um, I think that's definitely the way that we must digitize this backbone. So they are the backbone of many economies. They are the future. They are the future employers of many economies. So they do need to get to a point where you as an SME owner see yourself as just beyond this very informal one-man, two-man show that you are running. You need to then be able to say, what does my business or what would I like to you know, have it be in five years' time, in three years' time? What would I like to, you know, what kind of people would I like to employ? Because often SME owners are the talent and sometimes you don't have, like you said, a marketing specialist. Sometimes you don't have a finance person to be able to look at the books and say, listen, last month versus this month, we actually made 10,000 rand more. To them, it's just more money. Therefore, maybe let me buy more stock. Whereas actually you don't need to, what informs you buying more stock? What informs you buying less stock this particular day? Or maybe then branching out and buying a different product suite altogether. These decisions can't always be made by the one person, and that's okay. So most SMEs figure out that if I don't know something, then rather just don't do it. Because ugh, what if I mess up, and what if it doesn't work out, and then I'll just give up on the whole business and lose the whole business. But they need to understand that you build a foundation, you build um, from where you're at to be able to capacitate secure payments even. So when you are working and you are you know, bartering a product and a service and people are giving you their money, there is then that consumer expectation on you know, quality service, on on-time delivery of a particular product or service that I've procured from you. And also then if we are moving with the world that is very digital, you can't stay behind. You cannot then be still saying that you're going to operate out of your home or your garage. You cannot say that cash is fine because, yes, we do know that there's payment solutions. There are people who have, you know, machines to swipe cards because also what you're finding is that you're losing out on potential sales and potential money into your business because if I get there and I want to buy your product but I don't have cash on me, do you then tell me to just leave? Yeah, that can't be the case. So we need to, one, get away from, yes, the perception and the distrust of, you know, banking and banking systems, but also understanding that there is a middle ground there. For an SME, you need to be able to have some foundation to take you to the next level if that is what you want to do as a business person. Yeah. From what you're saying here, it seems that there's really a need in terms of, you know, if there's anyone out there that would like to develop this app that we're talking about. (laughs) um, I think what I'm picking up here definitely is this need to understand the process of the product life cycle, especially when we start out with businesses, we're incredibly focused on the introductory phase and getting stuff, you know, launched and, and just getting sales in in order to survive. But we forget about the growth phase yeah you know looking for new markets uh developing new products potentially diversifying your business in other industries and uh, i think that is that's definitely something and as you said also there needs to be you know some form of education with uh, regard to banks and the distrust element you know that they are accessible services and i think that banks have done a, a lot in terms of you know innovating and and trying to reach certain markets but i think especially in the rural areas those areas have a lot of potential and yes. um there a lot more can definitely be done there so yeah that's that's just my thinking on it but then what does the future of retail look like in an evolving digital world so self service no service you know e-commerce bots delivery to door what are you seeing there exactly so when i think of you know when we were in the thick of lockdown and only essential services could be procured 
So one, the retailers or the FMCG made an absolute killing there. Fantastic for them. But what we're finding is that people like myself, I remember I had an order sitting would take a lot. And I only received it because everything was on hold. There was no courier service. There was none of that. So as an SME, because you aren't as large scale and you don't have the capacity to, you know, have cash and cash flow reserves that were able to then push you through that period where nothing else could be working. And if you're a dependent on simply every sale, so when people can't walk into your store or when people cannot call you or WhatsApp you on your WhatsApp for business, what does that look like for you? So in that same way, um, how do you then think and how do you foresee the future of your business when it comes to stuff like, you know, retail as a service, when you aren't in a brick and mortar store or when you cannot then obviously because stores and rentals are so expensive for spaces like that. How do you then maybe partner and have, you know, connections and have capabilities in pop up stores? In incubation, you know, hubs in that way where they're saying we're having a market day, we're having a showcase, bring in your stuff. But you don't know what you don't know. Therefore, you don't know how to go to these people and possibly tap in to untouched um, audiences, people who just because you operate in a certain area, people always have to come to you. How do you then expose yourself and reach out to audiences out um, outside of what you what is your norm in that way? So, you know, going out of the brick and mortar and not just thinking that the success of your business is sitting with you being in a shop and also in a shop in a shopping mall, if that be. What does it look like beyond that to also then cut down on the overheads of you owning and having to pay up that rental each month? Similarly, when we talk self-service, so e-commerce is making a huge play. I literally don't have to go into a mall and don't want to go into a mall because if I can get it online, that's where I'm getting it. And also what you're happening to and what we're seeing from the bigger guys as well with retailers is that because they recognize that foot traffic into the stores is lessening, Especially now with lockdown where people were very apprehensive, you know, COVID and the regulations and social distancing. So, you know, many of them um, launched then a self-service element where you can buy your groceries, add to cart, um, pop out, pay and then get it delivered to you in 60 seconds and 15 minutes. That may be a conversation for another day where is it really 15 minutes and how do they then ensure that actually their capability is able to do that. But, you know. As an SME, as a smaller guy who cannot afford to kind of um, amass that capability immediately, are you even imagining it? Are you planning for it? Are you seeing it possibly as part of a, your business? Do you even imagine yourself as that type of retailer, as that type of service provider? And then when we talk about bots, you know, it goes back to the whole conversation of are, are the robots going to take, um, you know, human jobs? That's not the case. The robot really cannot provide the human element. The robot cannot then, you know, do what it has not been taught. And I think it's so important for people holistically, whether, you know, you're operating a business or just interacting with a business, that if you are seeing a chat bot and if it pops up on the website um, and it says, how can we assist? Yes, it's the bot who's going to take or rather be able to respond to you on a particular, very systematic, very generic response to say, okay, are you looking for your account number? Okay, you pop in your ID number, it'll push it up. But you requesting service, you know, customer service, you having a query, then it'll always go back to an individual. That human element is not completely disappearing in the customer service and the journey of fulfillment for a lot of these um, services or rather for retail as a foundation, which I believe is applicable in any industry. Um, so lastly, with that, then when you look at no service, so where you're not interacting at all with the human being, where 
you have become the type of business that has become so well in their ecosystem. The products are there. And if a product is sold out, your website is up to date. You're telling people that we don't have it in stock, but actually add it to your wait list. We'll contact you. We'll mail you once we have it again. Where do you imagine yourself to be as a business so that you're actually learning about and informing and capacitating the levels that require for you to be able to output for your customers in this way if you see yourself and envision yourself as a growth spurt that you want yeah absolutely i I just uh, pick up here that there's an immense amount of growth possibility you know if if smes are able to open themselves to more digital technologies um, understanding it embracing it it really is a way to improve reach of your business it's a way to improve customer service um, and I think it's it's really important that, you know, one have conversations and, and educate so that SMEs can become comfortable with this with this idea of technology. Yeah, so I would say that's definitely um where my thinking is going with what you're saying. Then um the the building of a digital backbone for South African SMEs means retail going beyond brick and mortar and beyond cash credit financial modeling. So how can co-creation and collaboration with other industries maybe help? So if you're thinking of yourself as a retailer and if you don't have a particular product, so let's say I am, you are my go-to SME, I want a particular product from you, and let's say you, you know, unforeseen circumstances can happen, especially if you're a smaller team or you're a one-man team or one-woman team. If you are then off or you cannot provide to me the service that I need at that point in time, do you completely then lose me as a customer to somebody else, to a larger business? Because they can always output on that. So it's so important to co-create and to have networks as SMEs where you are able to refer me to somebody. If you are my trusted provider, have another alternative, a second opinion. Much like with doctors, if you go to a medical um, you know, practitioner and you want a second opinion, he will then recommend, or a specialist opinion, he will then recommend to somebody for you. So small SMEs need to be able to stop, you know, kind of operating in a very siloed approach, a very lonely approach of just thinking they're on the hustle and if things are bad, then, you know, then you just kind of hide out into a hole. Having the networks and having a co-creating sort of mindset and operating model for your enterprise means that you are able to reach out to other people and say, hey, I possibly don't know about this or hey, I need this. Could you know? Could you direct me? Could you point my customer in that particular direction? Because from that, you are able to, one, get that knowledge of something that you previously didn't know Mm. because being sitting around a table and having conversations with people, you're able to then kind of take different insights and impart different things onto others that they wouldn't have known before coming to that particular conversation. So it's so, so important that over and above, yes, our, you know, dream of a zero-rated app and a knowledge hub in that way, Mm. it's equally important then for conversation and you know word of mouth is still such a huge and a very vital contribution to marketing word of mouth reviews people love talking to people people trust people Mm. people buy from people so equally the knowledge that can be exchanged around a table with a bunch of SMEs sitting together and sharing and co-creating and not thinking that they are each other's competition is then half of the solve for them being able to digitize and to build and fortify what would be their foundation Mm, absolutely. At the top of our conversation, you did mention that corporates will always figure it out. So I wanted to know what is it like the little things that SMEs can learn from corporates that they can implement themselves? Okay. 
I'm going to be very candid about this response simply because it is what it is, right? Mm. Corporates, what SMEs need to understand is that corporates are usually copycats, like nothing is new under the sun. <laughs> Honestly, nobody's sitting there and really revolutionizing what's happening. And it happens to then be that as a SME, because they are the true hustlers, they're the true innovators, they're the ones who are sitting there cracking their brains, thinking of new stuff. And if you don't know what to do then and how to protect, you know, your thing and your business and your idea, the corporates are going to hear about it somehow and simply then get to it and get it to market out faster than you can. So with that, it's, I think the advice would then be don't sit on an idea for too long and don't have self-doubt and don't have imposter syndrome to then say, oh, but it's not ready yet. Oh, I still need this. Oh, no, I still, if I could, okay, if I could maybe just get that, then I'll start. Actually, just start. And also then speak up. Literally then request help. You never know. People are always willing to help. Some people, yes, may just kind of be very hoarding of information, very hoarding of positions. And, but there are avenues and there are places that are actually willing to give that knowledge and to give that assistance. You just need to then be able to know who to ask or where to ask or just speak out and somebody will raise their hand and say, hey. Because similarly, I think for me, my biggest example was with container type setups um, where op businesses are operating out of um, shipping containers. This used to be a big thing in townships where telephones, right? So um, pay point telephones where you'd be able to make a call. So those were first established when the net mobile networks saw that, okay, not everybody can afford a cell phone. Therefore, put in the phones and then have them contact each other when, you know, household landlines were still a big thing. That moved from that to those very same shipping containers now actually being brick and mortar shops in townships and in more rural areas. All the big guys then did is that they saw this and they thought, geez, these people from the smaller towns and the smaller townships aren't coming out now to town, to the urban areas, to our metropolitans to shop with us. So what they then did is that they took shipping containers and took them to the townships. And now they're stocking them up with more stuff than you would have, therefore taking your audience yet again from you. So how do you then ensure that, yes, you're keeping your IP protected, you're secure in your idea, but also you're quick to action the idea? Because if you sit on it, definitely they're going to then get ahead of you each time. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, corporates are the bullies with all the money. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. So um, I think to, to, to summarize our conversation, um, I think this was incredibly interesting. What really stands out is that um, if you are out there and you're an SME and um, you want to start a business, don't sit on the idea. Get to market. Do it quickly and just learn as you go. Think growth, definitely, because um, we, we tend to be too fixated on the introductory phase just to get the first sales in. Think of how you want to expand your business, um, how you're going to, you know, think ahead of, in terms of are you going to employ next so that you can get where you want to be. Then, of course, you need to start getting very comfortable with digital because it can grow your market and it can also um, improve your customer service. Then networking is incredibly important. We need to leverage our networks. Be very careful of working in silos. Try to steer away from cash for security reasons, I would say. And also, you know, to go and shop around. Banks have certain, um, certain options and features. Go and shop around and see what you can get there. Engage in co-creation with your, with your customers. See how you can improve your product based on that. Word of mouth remains incredibly, incredibly important. 
the the SMEs are the real hustlers and the innovators. So they are the ones, you know, you've you're the ones with the talent. You need to get out there, do it. And I think especially in a world where a corporate can quickly come and, you know, take your idea and um with all their money, um, you know, I think what the important thing here is that you really focus on building relationships with your customers. Um, so that you've got that personal connection, especially in a in a world where everything is so incredibly digitized, um, that human connection um, is incredibly important. So yeah, I think that is to wrap it up. So from my side, to our listeners, please keep an ear out for more podcasts coming your way as we strive to have conversations that improve our collective knowledge of everything retail so that we can work together to build and advance the retail industry. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.